You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we are reviewing a very special movie, and it's special because it's short. Now, why would I say that? Because we are in the month of February. Most people would think that during this month, being the shortest, uh, we would probably do something like rom-coms and all that, but we're like, what if we put a different spin on February? Because it has 28 days, we could uh, we could instead do movies that have a short runtime. So we thought that was better since obviously my dad is noted for his love of shorter movies and uh, figured it'd be a really easy way to just be able to catch some better, I guess, quote unquote, short form content for the podcast. So um, we decided to watch Chronicle. This is a movie that came out in 2012 at the height of the sort of found footage camera uh, genre. So those movies that were shot at a very low budget. We can talk about that a little bit more later. But um, this movie's fascinating, uh, and we're going to go into it when we get into the synopsis. This movie's fascinating because it was kind of an early take on a very popular genre of, um, I guess, superhero uh, films, basically now, or TV. And I want to get a little bit more into that. But before we get into anything, can you please read the synopsis for us? I'd be happy to. By the way, February is clearly my favorite month of the year if it's all about short movies. Um, so the synopsis of Chronicle is this. Andrew is a socially awkward, introverted teen whose main form of escape and expression is a video camera. But things begin to change when Andrew, his cousin Matt, and popular classmate Steve discover a mysterious substance that leaves them with incredible powers. As their abilities become more powerful, the teens live teens' lives spin out of control when the darker sides begin begin to emerge. Andrew's camera captures the unfolding events. Yeah, so obviously pretty cool. You might know where this is going if you uh, hear the synopsis. But I, I think what I um, I think the interesting thing going into this film is that the reason I picked it wasn't just because it was short, but it's also because I specifically remembered its runtime. Uh, and it came out 10 years ago and I wanted to see it back then, but I think it was rated R, so I wasn't old enough to. Um, and I remember it had an 85% critical approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I thought that was pretty darn good because like I mentioned before, at the time, after Paranormal Activity, so many movies were shot for a next to nothing budget, making tons of money with this sort of found footage uh, sort of genre. And I think this kind of came out around the time when that was getting a little bit stale. So I found it pretty fascinating. Um, and I was just like, well, why don't we watch it? Why don't we start off the month this way? So uh, what were what were your thoughts going into the movie? I, I was unfamiliar with it until you mentioned it. You know, we, we talked about what our theme for the month of February should be. And we once we concluded that it was going to be short films or shorter films, 90 minutes or so, you mentioned Chronicle. I had never heard of it. And I was somewhat intrigued. Well, no, let's be honest. I was intrigued because of the runtime. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, then, of course, we had to, you know, it's always fun for, for us to figure out where we're going to stream these things. Because, again, given all of our streaming services, once again, we had to pay for this on our ever favorite 
Amazon Prime, but it was only two ninety nine, so it was it was worth it. And Noah, my question for you is: Did, did you manage to get it in within forty eight hour window since from when I bought it? I was about to say, correction, you paid for this because right. when I <laughs> on Saturday uh, when Grace and I were about to watch it, I saw that we had one hour left uh, to view the film, and we were able to get it, which was perfect. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. But my pleasure. Next week's movie, we're definitely going to be doing a streaming service for that. I've already one. seen next week's movie. Yes, I know. So. <laughs> Giving you a little time off. Just this week, though, listeners, just this week, you know, the deal with this podcast is it has to be fresh to us. And I just watched it this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you'll still have it in your mind uh, once we go into that. But that's, right. of course, next week. Okay, so um, let's get a little bit more into the, sort of the details of Chronicle's release. So it was directed by Josh Trank, who you might know from a couple other movies. He also directed the 2015 Fantastic Four film that was uh, critically maligned and uh is that the, the one with chris evans no that one those were the older ones uh, yeah okay i thought so right and then um so this one had uh what's his name uh he was he was really really popular now he was in top gun uh miles or something like miles that miles teller miles teller yes uh-huh. uh he was like the lead star of that and actually michael b jordan was in that movie as well if i'm not yeah yeah um and then of course the cast um, it stars Dane DeHaan, whom you may know from A Cure for Wellness. Um, he was also in um, a really big budget French movie that uh, kind of flopped uh, probably six or seven years ago. And he was also in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Harry Osborn. Um, but this was in the uh, 2010s trilogy of or 2010s series of Spider-Man movie films. So I think people kind of tried to make him into something. He's He was a famous model, and I think he still is. But um, this was kind of during his uh, runtime of sort of trying to be like a leading man and everything like that. Um, Alex Russell is also in this movie. Um, he's not really a household name, I suppose. Um, but Michael B. Jordan, this was actually one of his first roles as well. And 2012 was a big year for Michael B. Jordan because I believe he did Fruitvale Station, That Awkward Moment, and Chronicle as like the major release movies. And it, I mean, he's the biggest star today. I mean, Creed 3 is coming out in March. Uh, he's doing big things. I, I generally find him to be a great actor who picks a lot of great movies. So uh, it was cool to I see. Agree. Yeah, it was cool to see him in this as well. All right. And then this movie was made on a $15 million budget and it grossed $126.6 million. So it was a runaway hit. Um, even though it's kind of strange because I feel like a lot of people either don't remember this movie or had never heard of it before. But I think that just goes to show with these found footage movies, super small budget. So probably not even a large marketing budget either. They make a ton of money because there's not that much money to make back in terms of, you know, wide theatrical releases. So, um, definitely a big hit and it kind of started, uh, to give Michael B. Jordan a bigger career and Josh Trank as well. So thought that was um, a, an interesting note here, but uh, I want to know what you thought about the movie. Um, I really, really, really liked this movie a lot. Okay, I totally enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, it was tight. It was um, ref- it was a refreshing take on. To your point earlier, we've seen almost everything I think now when it comes to superhero films, mm-hmm. and this is not a superhero film per se, but actually it is, right? You know, ordinary people develop extraordinary powers and then it goes from there, which we'll talk about. But I really 
was very surprised at how much I enjoyed this film. Um, I thought the the payoff was quite satisfying. Oh yeah, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But I think overall, it it was a film that just built on itself and and got better as it as it went along and until uh, it reached a very satisfying crescendo. Absolutely, and I'm really glad to hear that. I figured you'd like it, but. Um... I thought this was a great movie. Um, and this is one of those films that makes me, re- that reminds me why I love movies so much. It doesn't have to be this all-time classic. It can be a movie that maybe isn't even that popular, but you know, you watch it and it's just a wonderful story all around. It's just really well done. It's a unique concept. And it just, you know, it just reminded me why I love movies so much. Um, it was thoroughly entertaining all the way through. I thought uh, for the most part, the three leads were excellent and very um i I thought they were very believable uh for Mm -hmm. the most part as well Mm -hmm. and usually it's you know it can be sort of like a little tired genre right having some form of superpowers this and that i actually thought they did a really um sort of unique spin with that in this movie and i appreciated that this was kind of a telling of that tale before we get into too many spoilers this is kind of a telling of that tale six to seven years before this kind of stuff got popular so yeah there was a whole lot to it that wasn't didn't feel glossy and and really polished it just felt uh maybe not raw is the right term but it was just really um i think it it felt ordinary and when extraordinary things happen to ordinary people it's a little more interesting Mm. and i think that's what this film does so well the other thing i would say that as i thought about this film i watched it and i really enjoyed it and i thought Hmm. I have never heard of this film. How many other films out there are this good that I'm not familiar with? Probably a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made me wonder, hmm, maybe I ought to be um, exploring more titles that I'm less familiar with, like this one. Than, well, yeah, and that's uh, good. Absolutely. And I think that's a good point. And I think that's what we kind of try to do on this podcast as well. As you may know, if you've listened to quite a bit of our episodes, we're not always choosing the next blockbuster. You know, a lot of the times we're choosing old movies of note or maybe more modern movies that weren't necessarily the biggest uh, with the biggest marketing budgets. But, you know, we'll mix in something like Top Gun or Star Wars here and there. But I think what we love most about this podcast just gives us a chance to experience movies in a different way, because a lot of the times we probably wouldn't watch them otherwise. And Grace made a good point because we went out for a walk after this just to sort of talk about the movie and get outside a little bit. But she said, you know, the thing I love about watching movies with you is that I would never watch almost anything that we have watched if it wasn't for us being movie buddies. And so I really appreciated that. And I just thought that was a super cool thing because I think the same thing can be said about the podcast, which is what I appreciate. So it's cool to know that there's so much more out there. Are, are you? Let me just be clear. Are you saying that Grace is saying she would never listen to this podcast if it wasn't for you? That's probably true. So, <laughs> well, I mean, she'd have no reason to listen to it unless it was for oh, me. Um, excuse me. Well, no, I'm. I'm just saying if I were not a part of this podcast, I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay, I got um, no, no. I mean, and obviously, it, it's more so to her. It's just like she loves watching movies, but she has become a really big like film goer Mm -hmm. uh in the time that you know we've kind of started doing this and uh she's been able to see a lot more cool stuff that she otherwise would have never known about 
So I do want to say, though, I am more inclined to go to a big blockbuster. You commented that, you know, one of the things about this podcast is we don't only focus on those. And, and that is very true. And increasingly, most of the blockbusters are Marvel films, which I'm completely lost by at this point. So we're we're that's another reason we're really not going for some of the bigger blockbusters um, that maybe other podcasts go for. But yeah, I mean, this is a great, this is a, I'm not gonna call it a departure. It's just a nice, it is a nice change of pace. It is a nice surprise. And you know what? That's one of the best things that you can say about a movie, right? Uh -huh. If it exceeds your expectations or it just turned out to be way better than, um, you know, way better than a lot that you've watched recently. So mm -hmm. um, that's, that's really great to hear. It seems like we both agree that um, it's a very good movie. I would recommend this to pretty much anybody. I would too. I would too. Even those of you who are super tired of the superhero genre, these are not superheroes. They're ordinary people who become extraordinary. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's, I think that's a good way of putting it because most people love the superhero genres, but even if like us, you're not always inclined to watch the next iteration or next entry of every superhero film, uh, obviously, you know, this has a lot of great stuff in it. So um, yeah. All right. You want to jump into spoilers? I do. Let's go. Perfect. All right. So y'all know the deal. Um, definitely watch Chronicle if you haven't seen it. But if you don't care otherwise and you want to hear spoilers, uh, feel free to listen on. All right. So I thought this movie was a really, really good depiction of how, like you said, ordinary people can become extraordinary, but also just human nature. Um we like to think that if you're granted some amazing ability that you'll become some sort of superhero and then this just beacon of goodness and light, I suppose. But in a lot of ways, especially with broken people from broken homes or people going through a lot of troubles in life, you know, human nature can tend to be very selfish. And that's kind of what sort of grew and grew over this film. It became something where it was like, oh, this is cool. We have these powers too let's see how we can stretch them out a bit to how am I going to make this work for me? Because you can't touch me. You know, nobody can tell me to do anything. I thought that was a fascinating part of this film and you could just, you knew it was coming, but the way it just grew and grew and grew and how they discovered each of their powers was a lot of fun to watch, honestly. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I thought that, I thought that was one of the great strengths of the film. And I thought the cast uh, was a lot of fun together. It's also a lesson in morality, right? I mean, yeah, of course. You know, the, 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 for me, the expression or or the phrase that just kept popping in my head was absolute power corrupts and power corrupts absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. So in the end, it was just, um, I thought the scene where they're in the sky, and, and in fact, I was a little concerned that what was going to happen did 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 end up almost occurring, which was the airplane yeah, yeah. hitting him. I, I thought that was pretty spe pretty special. Yeah, that was super cool. And it's just funny because it's so weird. It mixes the um, supernatural with obviously what's, you know, completely ordinary. Yeah. If you fall out of the sky, you know, it's this crazy thing that's happening. They almost all died, but they're just feelings of relief and disbelief over what had just happened. And then just like, you know, just like celebrating and everything that just that felt so real. And it was when you put something on found footage, I think that's a special way to film like a movie it kind of makes things seem like it's just people hanging out more so yeah. than like being um, 
than like you know part of all these like special effects or like part of everything else it makes it feel more grounded and lifelike it's like a home video which mm-hmm. obviously is the point of it um and there were plenty of special effects in this movie but i thought for the most part they were done really well I do too. I thought the, you know, I thought the pacing of this film, and you've already alluded to this earlier, was really was really spot on. You know, when we start to realize that um, they're getting a little more confident or a little too confident is, you know, when the the trucker is trying to beat them off the road, and, mm-hmm. and the guy just sort of, you know, uses his finger and he and and off the off the road goes the the truck, and the guy nearly drowns, uh, and they realize that what what they have become accustomed to can be used for bad as well as good or entertainment. Mm. Um, I think that was a a pretty uh, transitional point in the film. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just like when they were in the store or when they made the Virgin Mary and uh, their soup or something like that, it just goes to show it's like harmless fun pranks here and there that can have consequences for people. But I really liked the part where Michael B. Jordan was like, Hey guys, look at this. And then he moves the car just mm-hmm. with his uh, with his mind that was so much fun to watch so they the was... parking lot and then the woman comes out looking for her car and she's yeah just, what i mean I, I i i sat there watching thinking to myself what would i think if if that happened I, you'd think you'd gone crazy right oh yeah absolutely yeah 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 it, it was so that it was a lot of fun to watch them just like exercise those powers and everything and i like how also on another note you never really know what it was that granted them powers. They touched this crystal that seemed to have some sort of like symbiotic organism inside of it because they were all connected. As you can tell, if something bad was happening uh, to one of them, their nose started bleeding and everything. They strained themselves too hard. I kind of appreciated how it was just, they discovered this mysterious thing and then it was gone. They couldn't, they tried going back and seeing about it. And I was like, oh, okay, this might lead to something like a little bit stupid, but it was just covered up in the ground. And and honestly, I was afraid that their powers were going to be temporary and that at the, the end of the film, what was going to happen is that they were going to be all confident that they had the powers and that they were going to disappear. Mm-hmm. So I was especially glad that that was absolutely not the case. In fact, I would argue it was almost the complete opposite. Their powers grew beyond their control. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it did a really good job about juggling the three main characters, too, because the main character was obviously, you know, uh, Dane DeHaan, but also his cousin, uh, Matt, uh, played a big part in it near the end as well. And then, you know, Steve was also Michael B. Jordan. He also was like, you know, a great addition to that, too. And I thought it was the friendship felt really believable. And I think that's it's sometimes difficult for actors and actresses to have chemistry. And when you put it kind of on camera as a bunch of high schoolers hanging out and just, you know, enjoying one another's time and the sort of found footage way, I think that's what sells it and makes it more believable. And it was just like, I felt like I was having fun with them. You know, it it was, it was, it was very entertaining uh, just to watch all the way through. And there were some surprises along the way too. It took a very dark twist. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. About what would you say at the beginning of the third act of the movie? Probably so. Maybe a little earlier. I thought, I thought the other thing that worked for me was that there was a believability factor in that. Okay. So he's uh, sort of a lonely guy, right? Mm -hmm. No friends. His cousin is sort of his only friend. Mm -hmm. So he's decided he's just going to bring a video camera along and and film everything. Mm -hmm. Yet when he was filming the cheerleaders, the one cheerleader came up to him and said, that's creepy. Don't do it. And I thought, Mm -hmm. Good, because that's reality, right? You, yeah. you shouldn't do that. And it was appropriate for her to come over and say that. So it felt it felt real in that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciated that too. And honestly, it 
it showed those consequences kind of like what you're saying you know his cousin's like don't bring a camera to a party that is just the weirdest thing ever and he has this giant camera brings it to the party and people are making fun of him for it he gets bullied for it it's like you know obviously he didn't deserve those things but it's just like it's not practical to bring around a giant you know industrial grade camera to film almost everything yeah a lot of it's centered around it's just like oh my gosh you saved the camera when um they were up in the air and everything or it's just like hey toss me the camera or it's just it's very interesting they actually played with that a lot too which was really cool and i feel like the camera was almost like a slight character within itself (laughs) and that doesn't happen as much in like maybe the blair witch project no i thought it was far more effectively used here in fact it wasn't until after I watched the movie and I read about it that I realized that it's considered a found footage film mm-hmm. because I've seen so much of that done reasonably okay, but this was done differently and well as a result. Yeah, it's it's funny because there's something that makes it that genre, but they actually used like the genre itself to play into it. I, I, I thought that was kind of fascinating. So I thought that was a good job. And, um, you know, there's some surprises along the way. I mean, he killed Steve, you know, uh, and that was the one thing I didn't think was especially well done or as done as well as I thought it could have been done. I agree. It was quick. Yeah. And um, obviously it was very effective because you're like, oh, my gosh, that was so sudden. But it was also just kind of like they had been hanging out together and like the best of friends for like a long time at that point. And then he suddenly just because he embarrasses himself and i guess you know he's having home trouble and stuff like that he just kind of goes into this moody teenager mode and he just he's like steve you're not my friend you're just like all the rest you know you're not really my friend and steve's like what are you talking about man like i care about you like what's going on and out of his anger you know he electrocutes him with the lightning and then i was kind of thinking he'd be like oh my gosh and you know steve would be unconscious and he'd try to save him like when he's like falling down but it kind of does a hard cut to the funeral and everything yeah because nobody really talked about it after that either no and there was a piece of me that thought and maybe we were led to believe this i thought maybe he just got struck by lightning uh in the air so i guess you were led to believe that and then the next cut is he's at the funeral and you realize that he was killed yeah that's true but i think they i think they made it apparent that they were still mortal to an extent like they were able to it still hurt when they got a ball thrown at them, but they were able to like wield that power where they were able to stop it or something like that. But they were, their bodies were still mortal. They still got cut up and bruised and Mm -hmm. they didn't want to get hit by the airplane and all that kind of stuff. They could still fall um, like, you know, from a great distance and obviously, you know, to die from that. But it was, I I, I did think that was kind of where they, it felt like tonally clashing weirdly enough. I thought, it was a good twist and like, I guess a good surprise, but at the same time, like Steve was the most popular guy in school. Yeah. But like you see them lamenting Steve's death, but it's also just like, you don't see how that plays out at the school, like his parents and everything. Cause everybody, everybody knows they were all hanging out together. It's just like, um, what were you doing with Steve? Yeah. Now he's like gone. So I found it, they kind of just like, it was just like, Oh, here's the shock factor. But we're not really going to like do anything else with that. And it's just I to an extent, I was just like, well, you know, maybe Steve could have just stuck around. But I guess it was important for the progression. Yes. The main character, first and foremost. Um, And, you know, after that, he just became um, he really became 
the apex predator that he claimed uh that he claimed he was mm-hmm. so, so speaking I, of that let's talk about the the finale or the the final the final uh clash if you will mm-hmm. share that a little bit i want, I I want was, to hear your take on that you know it was full of cg and everything like that more so than any other part of the movie but i thought it was done really well the destruction was crazy and you know he just blows out that room in the hospital and everything and it's just like his cousin it's almost like anakin and obi-wan right it's it's just like you know light side dark side everything like that um and i found it fascinating that his cousin sort of became the central protagonist in it because he was part i mean for a lot of it he was being more responsible, but yeah. he was participating in a lot of these things that were, um, you know, would be a little bit selfish, but he kind of became this impromptu um, protagonist uh, at near the end of it. And so I thought it was fascinating because he was trying to save everybody and they were fighting each other there in the air. I thought he was going to try to stab the car on the space needle, which would have been super yeah. cool. But overall, I thought it was just a really cool display of power that he didn't level the entire city, but it showed he could destroy glass and a lot cause a lot of destruction. And I thought that was a crazy scene when he was just, you know, yelling, just screaming in the air and like so much around him was breaking. And it was and then the way that he dies, I thought was like really clever, too. Oh, me too. There were shades of Superman too. another film that we have reviewed on this podcast, Uh, you know, just sort of with the with them flying through the air, hurling things at each other and just sort of, you know, creating mass destruction within the city. Uh, it, it just felt, it felt like it had those shades. There was definitely an influence there. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think, did you see the the final scene or the, um, when he's in Tibet climax or coming? Oh yeah. When he's in Tibet, it made sense, but I didn't, I don't think I thought he was going to actually go there. Oh, okay. I didn't mean that, but yeah, I like the end too. So, but I'm talking about when um, the, oh, the final. To die. What's that? When he pretends to die, and then he just flies away. Yes, I did because I knew he was under a great amount of stress and everything. But and he had gotten shot in the leg, but I didn't think he had suffered any like mortal wounds. But right. you now it's like possible he could have strained himself a little bit too much. But I didn't. I was just kind of like, oh, is he dead now? I don't think he is. And then he got up, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the Tibet piece was great, too, because, you know, he had said he wanted to go there for, you know, this sense of Zen and just sort of it's peaceful there. So he finally took him there. And, uh, you know, again, closure, resolution, all the things I like in a film this had. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because it's like nothing about it was really complex. It was like a very simple concept but it was very just straightforward so well and you don't always need something to be this art house or just like high concept movie sometimes it can just be fun and yeah. i will note i also did appreciate that when he died it was quick and he stayed that way he didn't go he didn't like you know wake up and everything and then mm-hmm. just like you know start causing more destruction right which just it was as simple as that right and exactly. i thought it was like a very emotionally powerful moment because his cousin had to do that just yeah. for good and then like you said the closure i do appreciate that they mentioned steve at the end too he's mostly talking to um you know his cousin and it uh-huh. but he was just basically saying you know you're not a bad person you were just basically you were put in a hard situation and um this is like what happened as a result of the power that you were given and mm-hmm. you can feel however you want about that but it's also just like he was choosing to remember the the best parts of his cousin and you know he was just like i never got to tell you but i do love you and he's like i'm doing this for both you and steve and i thought that was nice that they mentioned him too um 
and I thought the little scre- echoing scream that he did uh-huh. and, uh, with, in the mountains was pretty fun. But I thought it closed off really well at first. I was like, is this going to be sequel bait? But I thought it was left to where it's just like it could be opening it up for another, which they have been trying to do. And um, also just good closure for that one movie alone. Let me be clear. I do not need a sequel. Well, they've been trying to get it going since 2014. And then the director has said, I never want to see it happen. I'm going to actively try to stop it. I like that director. And uh, he said, uh, basically in 2020, it was announced that um, a new one, Chronicle 2, is being made. And uh, I think the protagonist is female. It's talking about like the themes are going to be around corruption and misinformation, which sounds awful to me. Yeah. Over all that stuff. I see it all the, all the time on Twitter. All right. Well, listen, thank you for bringing this movie to my attention because it was a really good um, way to spend 90 minutes. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I'm really glad when I can pick a winner for you because sometimes (laughs) sometimes, there are many winners out there. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes I get a hit. Sometimes I get a home run. And And sometimes I get the unbearable whatever that movie was. It it just depends on what we get. But, you know, for every um, I guess for every Pandorum, there is a life of pie. Right um now you're talking movies here and for every tick tick boom there is a chronicle so you know we throw everything at the wall and see see what sticks but i'm glad you really enjoyed this yeah yeah so noah on a scale of one to five z's what are you going to give chronicle um i would give chronicle four z's i was thinking three and a half after i watched it but like there i can't really say it's a masterpiece but there's not really many flaws about this film i was thoroughly entertained all the way through and i thought that it was just simply a great movie so i'd give it four z's i'm giving it four z's as well i think it was uh definitely well i would highly recommend this film um anybody who watches it will be i think relatively surprised at uh what a good what a good watch it is yeah and i mean i think that's one of the best uh i think that's one of the best things about uh movies being surprised or just kind of you know blown away in many aspects by a simple uh, story being told yeah all right okay Well, let's move into check it out. Um, I can go first because go I ahead. have a big check it out. I got a good one too. I've got several, but I have to hold off. I've got to, I got to pace myself by podcast episode. All right. I'm going to do an actual check it out and then an addendum after that um, or a postscript. So I, um, I think I've told people on this podcast before, I like video games a lot and um, you know, I like them probably about as much as movies and so I've obviously played quite a few in my lifetime, but uh, there's a very, very popular video game um, that came out about 10 years ago, and it got a sequel in 2020 that has been adapted for TV. And I actually never played this one, even though I know a little bit about it. So it's kind of like I'm experiencing it for the first time. Most people know that video game adaptations are usually not that great of quality, but this one is completely different. I'm talking about The Last of Us. It's on HBO Max. It is a must watch. It's a fantastic show that, to my knowledge, does faith by the source material and is also really good at just creating an even bigger star out of Pedro Pascal and, um, you know, really giving a lot of love to sort of the survival genre. If you've ever liked maybe a video game like Fallout or a TV show like The Walking Dead, this is just uh, this is your show it's great the production value is excellent uh the acting is really good um the action is really cool too and you know there's some horror elements about it as well so um it's all in all 
Grace and I have watched two episodes. I think the third episode airs tonight. It does Sundays. It's it's fantastic so far. Um, I would highly recommend it. So check it out. Um, check it out to anybody who is curious about it or hasn't heard about it before. All right. And my PS here is um, I would love to make an announcement. I'll probably make it in March, but I'm working on something right now that is super exciting and is going to take our podcast to a whole nother level. And I can share more details later. Um, but uh, this is definitely something to look out for. So just know that something is on the way. I'm actively working on it right now and it could be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, fun fact, your mom and I have watched The Last of Us and it was recommended to us by Luke. Oh, no kidding. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. he actually played the game because he has a PlayStation. Yeah, he thinks it's amazing. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gotten pretty universally uh, good reviews. So yeah. that's, when, that's when you come in to be the contrarian. So we'll see what you think. Okay, I'm just going to move on to my check it out <laughs> <laughs> because it is uh well big surprise it's an old TV show that I just, I rediscovered on Hulu um and it's a show you know there's about a hand, there's a handful of about maybe five shows that I have long said you can't stream them anywhere and then I was surfing Hulu the other night and sure enough I found it the six million dollar man <laughs> so you want to talk have you ever heard of it No I haven't I, are you my son. I haven't heard of it. I can't believe this. The six well, million dollars. Man, never talked about this. Like I know you've said it on the podcast before, but I remember you talking about that. But I never, I never heard you talk about it otherwise. Well, I watched the first. I started to watch the first episode back. You know, it, it was from the seventies, and I'm here to tell you, as I told your mom, we have come a long way since the seventies in terms of television. Um, but this is almost. It's almost fair to say that this is the original superhero. Now, I mean, I you know, Superman goes back into the 20s and the 30s and, and, you know, a lot of the characters from DC and Marvel do. But the $6 million man is about Steve Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. We can oh, make what? him better, That's where that line comes longer, from. faster. And it's, he's bionic. So he's a bionic eye, a bionic arm and two bionic legs so he's super fast he can throw things and he can see things like you know super far away and you know as a kid when i was eight it was the coolest thing ever um it's still pretty cool but it's also very very 1970s so anyway the six million dollar man if you are so inclined it's on hulu check it out Wow. Okay. So that's really cool. I That's a very popular line in pop culture. And it's actually, I think, um, like parts of that line have been used in very, very pop, two very popular songs from um, Kanye West and uh, Daft Punk. So that's... Uh, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with the Daft Punk version. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, either way, though, that, that that is really cool. I actually didn't know that's where it originated from. That's where it originated. The Bionic Man, which is based on a book called Cyborg. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I know you said TV has come a long way since the 70s. And I think that's especially true because, um, you know, TV was such a backseat to movies for so long. And even movies had their first blockbuster in 1975 or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you remember when we watched Land of the Lost? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying, yeah, I remember you saying, I, I asked you, I said, I think I was like eight or nine. I was like, how much do you think each episode cost them to make and you're just like i don't know probably like seven dollars i was gonna say 12 <laughs> yeah you were like probably like seven here's the thing the land of the lost was never intended to be quality television 
the six million dollar man is and was or was and is i should say well it's great that you've been able to rediscover it um yeah. i'm not sure if i will watch the second episode but it was it's fun to know it's there as you know as many things on streaming services um are just about accessibility right you don't know if you'll ever get to them but you like to know there's a there's a nostalgia part to it there's a comfort in knowing if i want to return to that part of my life i can do so well that's great and i think that's also just sort of um you know what's different between you and i right you've you have that experience to where you can separate like all that stuff that was in your um young adulthood or like when you were a kid and maybe that's something i'll appreciate streaming services for one day but for me whenever i go to a streaming service like most of the time, I don't even know what they have unless it's like a proprietary property, like a Netflix original or a Peacock original or something like, but uh, if I want to watch a movie, um, I'll just, I'll look on the streaming services and just be like, okay, uh, hopefully this one has John Wick too, or something like yeah. that. So, well, I literally, I was just um, scrolling through what they had to offer because I had a little bit of time, believe it or not, and um, discovered it. So otherwise, but otherwise, I'm that way too. I'll go straight to a streaming service and look for whatever is up there and say, eh, let's watch this or let's yep. not watch this. Absolutely. Well, cool. All right. Um, do you want to reveal what next week's episode is going to be? Yes. Next week, we are reviewing another 90-minute film that I happened to discover on Peacock on Friday evening, and it is called Beast, starring Idris Elba. So... Um, Stay tuned for uh, Noah's opinion of Beast and mine as well. It's a 90-minute thriller, and um, you'll have to come back next week to hear what we thought. I'd like to preface this by saying um, this is one of those movies that I did not really want to see. I remember when it came out, and so I wouldn't say that I'm actively looking forward to it, but I'm looking to be pleasantly surprised if so. And I will just say it is a film that when it was in theaters, I thought that looks interesting. It'll come to streaming in about two weeks. And sure enough, it did. And I've been meaning to watch it. So I was glad I had 90 minutes to watch it. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank right. you so much for listening to another week of our podcast. Um, we're looking forward to the rest of February. But until next week, thank you so much for listening. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk.